To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers welcome to the opinionated bench warmers podcast episode 73 the opinionated bench warmers are back for another edition of the podcast. I got Ramon. He in the he in these streets. I got Carlos in these streets. We out you, man. We appreciate everybody for listening to us, first of all. And we appreciate everybody that has been pre-ordering this OB shirt that you see here. We basically gonna look through all of that and we're gonna get all of that information out to you. So we appreciate everybody that pre-ordering. If you have missed out, it's not too late. Make sure that you click that link in our bio, O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram. You'll find a link. And in that link, you can just hit order the pre-order shirt. We're going to try to have those things out, the, out of here before Thanksgiving, like we said. And we're going to get those shirts too. We appreciate the overwhelming support we've been getting. Hey, man, we're running out of slots. So if you want a shirt, don't drag your feet because if you procrastinate, you might miss out on this. So make sure that you hit that link in our bio, O underscore Benchwarmers on our IG if you want a shirt and if you're rocking with us. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts on, make sure that you subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere where you get this podcast. Also, make sure that you leave a review. If it's nothing more than just leaving a star, but we would love if you write what you like and why you like this great podcast, why you keep listening to us. We appreciate all the support worldwide shout out to all the listeners of the opinionated bench warmers brothers let's get it cracking man how y'all feeling man i'm good man good just kind of ready to get it rolling uh like he said man support the movement you know you're a part of the movement get right on in there but i'm ready to go ahead and get it rolling too man we got a lot of topics that's uh good to cover so i'm feeling pretty good man absolutely feeling good man out in these like you said these streets this Election streets, um, ready to get it rocking, get it rolling, man. <laughs> ready to get it rolling on this great election day, even though this won't be heard until the day after. Hopefully, we get some good news, fellas. If you if you listen to this and you didn't vote, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's real though. That's real. We ain't gotta be PC about it. We ain't gotta be. Straight up, man. Right. Well, if you were eligible to vote, you know, we might have some that's a little younger. Yeah. If you're eligible to vote and you didn't vote, you suck. Straight up. <laughs> Straight up. Opinionated bench warmers and the listeners, we vote. If you consider yourself a fan of us, you vote. Right. But anyway, fellas, let's get into it, man. We've had another NFL week out of the way. I'm going to jump right into it, and we're going to start off with the NFL, brothers. We in week nine, man. We're going into week nine. This season that we thought wasn't going to happen 
here we are. Not only is it happening, but we're ha over halfway through now, boys. It seems like we're going to get through this thing. Uh, let's start off with some negativity because I love it. It's fun to talk about. Let's talk about the clash, the division of trash, otherwise known as the NFC East and how bad they have been this year. Fellas, we might be, for the first time in NFL history, we may have a losing record that is a division winner. I don't know, fact check, fact check me. I don't think that it has happened too often if it has ever happened. But we may necessarily – I can't remember in recent history where a, a team that is under 500 might actually win a division, get into the playoffs. Man, give me your thoughts on this trash division. If you don't know who includes in the NFC East who we're talking about, that's the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington football team, and the, the New York Giants. That is the NFC East, what I like to call clash of the trash. Man, give me your thoughts on that trash division. Yeah, and so, I mean, actually, in that division before, I think um, – the Giants actually made it to the playoffs at like seven and nine, something weird like that. If, I'm, if my memory serves me correct, I'll have to stack check that later. But, um, but again, uh, NFC East. Exactly. So, um, I, I mean, again, it's just they're in such a bad bad shape right now. And you ask me who is the best quarterback, healthy quarterback in that division right now, it'll be hard to say. You know, you look at all the quarterbacks in that division from Wentz, he's been trash. You look at Daniel Jones, he's been okay at best. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the Cowboys quarterback right now. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know his not, name either. I don't know it either. He they, should be I think playing. they picked up some guy off the street. And right. They, they yeah, picked they up, picked up some guy and, off the street and just put him in a uniform? Pretty much, seriously. But um, he, uh, he he's definitely shouldn't be in the league right now. And then you obviously look at what's going on with the Washington football team, and it's just – it's terrible, man. It's – um. It's, I mean, you when you your leaders and your your quarterbacks is trash is usually an answer for your team. You, you got to have a talented team around them, and obviously, you know, Cowboys had high hopes to dominate this division, but injuries kind of hit them hard this year. And their coaching, they look bad, like a bad, poorly coached team. And you know, um, the Giants, the Giants lost that team, lost that game last night to the Buccaneers. They were in that game, but the two interceptions by Daniel Jones cost them that game. You know, they could have knocked off the Buccaneers because they were pretty much moving the ball on the field and playing good defense against Tom Brady all first half. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a frustrating division, and, and I just wouldn't be – I wouldn't want to be a part of that. That's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, like you were saying, even too with Daniel Jones, that late throw too to Deion Lewis. I know there's the controversy with the, you know, whether it was pass interference or not. Uh, but Daniel Jones, he missed time that. That ball has to be out of his hands quicker than that. Um, but like you said, the whole division has just been in disarray. Um, like you said, from injuries from Dallas perspective, from the terrible quarterback play, from the fact that people were giving um, Doug Peterson a lot of grief, you know, when he took that tie, when he set his team up to just take a tie, to just punt the ball away. And really that tie has them on top of the division right now. Like, you know, so it's crazy to just look at, you know, just how far they've fallen. And I think for me, still the biggest surprise in the division, you know, you can take what's happening with Dallas from the injury perspective. New York, you see Saquon go down. I don't really believe in Daniel Jones that much. Washington, them not having a solidified QB situation. But the decline of Carson Wentz has been so alarming. 
Like you look at a guy who was a couple seasons ago was an MVP candidate was probably the leader for that award before he went down and to just see what he's become at this point to see him decline so quickly. It's just been crazy to see, but that division um, is trash. And, and one thing too, Rob, I hate to bring this up. You know, we were talking about the the different records. Oh, here we um, go. Yeah. I, I don't know why this one maybe didn't jog your memory, but the NFC West in 2010, uh, Seattle won that division being seven and nine. Um, and they faced the Saints and that's the dreaded Marshawn. Oh, uh, come on. That one hurt, man. <laughs> that, hey, that, hey, there's a list. Of me being brokenhearted as being a Saints fan. And, man, unfortunately, when Marshawn Lynch, I watched that live with my father on the couch. When I watched how Marshawn Lynch demoralized us with that run, oh, my goodness, that broke my heart. And like I thought, it couldn't get any worse. Unfortunately, in recent history, this Marshawn Lynch run has continued to drop down the list. And if you don't know what I mean, it's when you bring up Marcus Williams and his missed tackle in the Minnesota Miracle, Stephon Diggs, on the game-winning touchdown play, when we probably would have destroyed Philadelphia. Then we get back that next year, we face Los <laughs> Rams, and a blatantly missed pass do interference call. Don't and do I'm it. telling you, like, I never thought in my 28 years of life that I would say that Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> Lynch is on is the last play on my list as the one that broke my heart. I I, I feel like it's Marcus Williams, then it's the pay, the pit the pass interference, then it's Marshawn Lynch's run. But yeah, what, what about the Kyle Rudolph catch? Nah, man, they don't, uh, they, 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 Minnesota just flat out beat us last year. I, that didn't hurt. Okay. That didn't hurt as bad because we just got flat out beat. You know, but to get a game yeah. taken away from you by the – nah, let's not get it. It's not a uh, – Yeah, I, I didn't mean to open yeah. that up. Really, I, I didn't mean – That's a trigger button for me. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. I was just trying to say some – You know how they say your best back. friends always know your trigger point? <laughs> <laughs> by design, Ramon. Touche. I, I didn't Touché. mean to do it. When but the, the coach starts playing good. some meaningful games, I'll get you back. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> It's like that. Hey, our record is the same right now, so that's all I got to say, man. That's all I got to no, say. No, nah, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have much to add. I think you guys actually covered it. I think that that really swings me into another topic of the Cowboys who's involved in that division. Again, another team that is underperforming. Of course, they've been dwindled with injuries. Um, to Carson Wentz's defense, his, his, his offensive line has been depleted. He got Lane Johnson back after a couple weeks of being out. Then Lane comes back. Three plays into the game, he's knocked out. He didn't play last night. And I think that is that is an excuse. But it, it's kind of like with Carson. I, I mean, I, I kind of jumped over because I wanted to get on the Cowboys. But with, with Wentz, I do think that his offensive line is poor. But I think that Carson Wentz has just lost all his confidence as a quarterback. And I think that mentally he's not there. And then you start – I think you dated back to the NFL draft. And Jalen Hurts' name is called in Philadelphia. Like, what is he supposed to think? Carson Wentz is not old by any means. <laughs> He's like 26. And then you draft you draft a guy in, in Jalen who's like 22, 23. So what are you trying to convey here as, as an organization? And then you see that same consistency with the Cowboys. And you, you, you look at Dak, I'm trying to get a contract. And then in offseason, we're going to sign Andy Dalton. Like, what are you trying to say here? And then you look at the – 
Cowboys can't really even, they, they they can't even function without Dak. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, but I, I want to bring it here. I mean, I think that all of these organizations have the same problem. They don't know where they what direction they want to go. Where this Washington, they want to pay all this money to Kirk Cousins, and unfortunately, he he got injured. But it's just like, okay, we're gonna do, draft Dwayne Haskins, who has, some, but we're not gonna develop him. And then you look at the Giants. Oh, about Alex Smith. Oh, oh sorry, Alex. yeah, Alex Smith. Shout out to Kirk, but he's <laughs> he's playing mediocre too. But yeah, you know, Alex Smith. You know, and then you look at the Giants. Out of nowhere, they just draft Daniel Jones out of nowhere. Like that draft, I can't say verbatim who was in that draft class, but I know that we did a podcast on it and we was just shocked like the world that they took Daniel Jones as the first quarterback off the board. And who they, who else they had, Ramon? You the short man. You were, you got a good memory. Uh, that was the Haskins draft. So everyone thought Haskins was going to be the guy there, but yeah. it didn't totally pan yeah, out. Yeah, it didn't totally. That, so. It didn't really. <laughs> who else was in that draft? Was it that was that 2017 draft? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Pull that up. If yeah. Don't mind. yeah, I'll pull that up if you want to keep going on. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no, that draft was uh, – that draft – I know Dwayne Haskins was up there, you know, towards the top of the draft. Um, everybody kind of expecting New York to go with him. Um, and then when they went elsewhere, I mean, it kind of in the grand scheme of things, you know, give or take with that, I can still see potentially even to New York going in a different direction with this upcoming draft uh, with one of those guys who are at the top. So uh, it's just definitely been a division that's been in complete disarray, uh, especially from the the QB position um, and, and trying to operate with that. So, I mean, you, you look at Dallas and you see, like you were saying, just kind of getting back to Dallas really quickly of the decline and seeing kind of what they look like without Dak and seeing. Right. That it just shows you how yeah. important he is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely shows you the importance of that. Yeah, I know that was a, like a weird transition, but yeah, what what quarterbacks what quarterbacks do you think in that draft that the Giants could have went instead of Daniel Jones? I I really don't think they. Uh, in hindsight, that that draft wasn't really uh <laughs> wasn't, <laughs> wasn't really was such just... a, a great QB draft. That yeah, I. I I don't know, honestly. Yeah, I have to look at that that draft just to kind of decide. But I know, like you mentioned, I believe Dwayne Haskin, who's now they were trying to trade him at the trade deadline. Um, but again, he was at that time, like you mentioned, was frowned upon going that high in the draft. People were like, "Hey, why that high?" Since then, he's kind of he hasn't played bad. But again, I feel still think that was a too high for that spot. We don't, we don't have to stay there. I, th- I just think it was fun to just, you know, look at that. I mean, Kyler Murray was in that draft, but they were Yeah, but he's Kyler. a number one yeah. overall pick. So <laughs> yeah, they were going to get him. Yeah. But, you know, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, it had, with 11 quarterbacks drafted in that draft. Let me see, man. I, I just feel like it's so important. That's why I'm spending time on it. Hmm. All right. I got it pulled up. Okay. So Daniel Jones was the first quarterback to go off the – I mean, second quarterback to go off the board. We thought Dwayne Haskins was going to go. Dwayne Haskins went at 15. Um, Drew yeah, Locke. 
Drew Locke went at 42. Drew Locke. I mean, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it. I can't fault them for drafting Daniel Jones. I mean, I can, but, I mean, it, I mean, if they needed a quarterback at that point where Eli was kind of declining at that point, and they kind of probably knew he was going to retire, you know, it, it kind of – but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. But, okay, let's move to the Cowboys. Okay. Let's move back to them, and we're not going to stay long on them, but – I, I pinpoint, you know, they have a lot of woes. Of course, they have a lot of injuries to the offensive line. What is wrong with Zeke? What is wrong with Zeke? Yeah, so. I, I think, honestly, I think with the Zeke situation, I think it's a combination of factors. I think, one, as a team as a whole, they don't believe in that coaching staff at this point. So I think that that is a big part. Also, too, when your offensive line is depleted and goes down, that's yeah. going to directly impact you as a running back. Like, that's the life of you as a, as a running back. Most of the time, you're only going to be as good as your offensive line. So when you couple the fact that the offensive line injury, not having stable quarterback play, and not believing in your coaching staff, I mean, all of that adds up to pretty much he's probably to a point where he doesn't even care as much, honestly. So, you know, I think that that's sad, though, as a superstar. And I paid you all of this money, which adds to what I wanted to get to. You dish out this money to Amari Cooper. You dish out this money to Zeke. You refuse to pay your franchise quarterback what he wants, even though what he wanted was kind of ridiculous. But I feel like they still should have kind of got a deal done. And, you know, unfortunately, that ended up injured. And now here they are. And it, it goes to me, you know, Jerry Jones is a billionaire. Ain't no telling how much money he got. And it just seems like his methodology of, of managing a team, because he is the GM and owner, and I think that that's terrible. I think he should get somebody in there. Uh, I guess he looked at the Cowboys as his own fantasy team, fantasy football team. But I think that it just goes to show you, you can't just, just throw money at a team and expect it to succeed. You get what I'm saying? Like, you can't just throw money. You have to really, like, coordinate a, coordinate a roster. Like, you look at the San Francisco 49ers, they're dropping like flies, and they are still a competitive team in this league. Now, they lost Jimmy G, and they lost uh, Kittle for – you know, Kittle for an extended amount of time, which is probably Losa's delight. I know he wants them to be healthy, of course. You don't wish injury upon them. But being that he's a Rams fan, I know that he's like, okay, you know, we probably, you know, this is an advantage. But, you know, you look at the 49ers, they're, they're a roster that's built very well. They're dropping like flies, but they have depth. You know, what is what is up with the Cowboys, man? I, yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of things, you know, like you said, it's just one is a lot of changeover on that team. That team, that's a team that lost their defensive coordinator, lost their change their, to a new head coach. You got to think about the offseason, you know, due to COVID and not being able to fully install your system with all these young players coming in playing big roles. You know, we see that with Diggs on the outside of the corner. Too many times he's getting burnt and killed, you know, in coverage, you know, and then you look at the officer line that unfortunately lost Tyron Smith, big piece. Jalen, um, you know, uh, Collins, you look at him, you know, that's another big piece, you know, and then they center, right? He's out for the year. I believe he either retired or he's out for the year. Those are key pieces. And then not to mention you lose your starting quarterback to for the year to a devastating injury. So a combination of all those things in one, you know, and of course teams are going to stack the box against Zeke now and your offensive line is not as good. 
you know, the combination, you can't run the ball. You don't have your starting quarterback. Your defense is not as good. It's just a bad formula for football. Yeah, I agree. I think you covered it. I think you knocked it out that that's really the issue. I don't think that I don't think that Dallas is a poorly built team, honestly. Like when you look at the way that they're built, when you look at the team, you know, when they're healthy, I don't think they're poorly built. I think it's all of the factors that you mentioned. Uh, but I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, this goes into Dak's contract negotiations, like seeing how this plays into it. At first you would think, you know, a quarterback gets hurt coming off injury. Maybe that makes it more difficult. But now when you see how far the team is declined, based upon him being out, you know, does that give him more leverage now in the negotiations? I would think it does. <laughs> I would think it does. But I agree. The Cowboys are a very extremely talented team. It's just like they can't get over the hump. And Lowe's brought up a good point about not having to have a preseason team. I don't know if McCarthy was the answer here. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it remains to be seen. I think he does get a pass with the COVID and the injuries. Uh, but I, I'm not sure if that may have been the right choice there. So um, I'm happily ready to move away from the Cowboys because I never want to spend time on those guys. Um, but let's look at the rankings, guys. We dropped the top five rankings here, um, which can be found on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram. We drop these weekly, mostly after the Monday night game, after we were able to huddle as a group and evaluate the scope of the league for this past Sunday, but we found that the most effective way to evaluate the scope is just to talk about the top five teams that we have uh, and, you know, kind of, you know, filter in some interesting storylines like Joe Burrow. And <laughs> I want to stop there. You know, it's my bias. I am an LSU alumni, and I, I just, you know, Joe Burrow probably would go down as one of the greatest LSU Tigers of all time with Billy Cannon. Like, I expect his name to be in that sense I no, expect he's to be there. <laughs> he's not and one. yeah, right, right. I expect for a, a street to be named by uh behind Joe Burrow. But you know, just his game is just translated so effortlessly into the NFL. You know, I mentioned the record that he broke last week, but just with so much poise he's able to just continue to win games and you know, since he gotta give him a offensive line, they're gonna get him killed. I mean, yeah. point blank, period. No, I, they definitely have to give them an O-line. Now, the way, you know, they're playing, I know, you know, record isn't the greatest, but it's decent for for what they have. I was really looking at them, you know, potentially going after the kid from Oregon, the uh, the tackle, I think, from Oregon, the Panay, Sanai, or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, I thought that that would be a great situation. But if Joe keeps, you know, winning games, then – He's going to put them in a position where they can't go and grab someone like that. But there's always good O-line talent at the top of the draft. So I think that they are going to do the necessary things to build that up um, and to build a team around them. But you know that you have a franchise guy. Like, it's obvious that you see that with Joe. And that's not just strictly from the natural talent, the natural football talent, but even when we talk about the intangibles with Joe, like there's really, to me, no box that he doesn't check off. Like I think he literally checks off basically every box of what you're looking for in a franchise starting quarterback. He's a leader. Uh, I think that that's, and guys like him and they rally around him. Um, I, I mean, since he got Sensei rolling, I think they, they have something that they thought they had in Andy, but they didn't, you know, 
and Joe, it, he just they got them, they got him a good one, man. And yeah. I, I just, I you know, he repping his you know home state. I mean, it's just it's awesome to watch. But I just thought that that was interesting to pinpoint. But let's just translate to our rankings, like I wanted to do. I, that's one of the interesting topics I wanted to bring up. Um, so number one, undefeated Steelers. They had a, they had a pretty. Ramon, you mentioned your game of the year last weekend. This is my game of the year. The Ravens versus Steelers week eight is my game of the year. Man, that was an awesome game. The Steelers did not come to play. Like, they are they elite, bro. Like, their defense with T.J. Watt, their defensive line, Devin – well, not Devin Bush because he hurt, but the linebacking core, Minka, Joe Hayden, all those guys, man, they made – for once, they made Jackson look me not mediocre, but they made him look just like a normal quarterback. <laughs> Probably one of the, the top three best quarterbacks in the league, and they made him look just you know just a regular fumbling, throwing picks. Like, what did y'all make of that game of our number one team in the rankings with the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned on our last podcast that the Steelers had the sauce to do it um, to beat even, you know, what the defending champs because of their defensive line, right, with T.J. Watt, you know, and Dupree, those guys, you know, they just get after the quarterback. They wreak so much havoc. And not to mention this upcoming week, they're going against a banged-up Cowboys team. So that defense is just going to feast on the Cowboys. Um, and so that actually their next three games, right, is very favorable. You know, I think they have the Jaguars, the Cowboys, and I can't think of the third team. Um, so they can easily go 10-0 in the next three weeks or so. Um, you know, it, it's just, again, that defense, it just tells you that they set the tone. Because if you ask me offensively, they really haven't been special, right? They, they've they been okay. You know, they made big plays here and there. But they haven't been special on the offensive side. They are definitely a team that's led by their defense and getting after the quarterback. It just shows how important it is to get those pass rushers, those guys that can get out to the quarterback that can affect the game where you can't run on them. They stuff the run with Hayward and everything else. So I like the team. And again, there's a team that, you know, they making noise and I think they can be a team that can knock off those, those chiefs. Yeah. I think you really covered it. And I think you honestly covered the Steelers. The only thing that I really took from that game outside of that is just the fact that once again, I hate to do this, but another big game for Lamar Jackson that he couldn't get over the hump and get the win. Mm. I just hate to say it. Mm. it. You've seen it game after game. Lamar, big game that's after so, big game that's so interesting, bro. Yep. Cause it, it, I mean, what can you say? Uh, he fell on his face this past year in the playoffs. He made a step forward in the first, then the year before, he fell on his face like he does amazing things on the field, you know, and we hadn't seen something this amazing in a while, which I feel like is so hype. But like you say, man, another game where he didn't necessarily win it for him. And I think that what marks a good character team like the Steelers is that when you look at a great team, they didn't play their best. This past Sunday, they were dominated in every facet of the game this past Sunday, but they found a way to grit it out in the win. So, yeah, man, Steelers, man, I, I said this three weeks ago, um, three episodes ago, I was like, man, they, they, you know, after that Titans game, I was like, okay, they for real, they for real. So we got the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, 
He threw for five. He you no know, another stroll in the point. Just threw yeah. for five touchdowns. You know, nothing major. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was against the Jets. Um, but I mean, regardless of who he's playing, it's it's the professionals. Mahomes had a great, excellent game. Uh, he destroyed me. I actually was playing against him in fantasy. He handed me like a forty piece. He handed me. He, I mean, he gave me like a thirty piece by halftime. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, it is. I'm gonna lose this game, but you know, but you know, just uh, the Chiefs, man. Let's speak on them. I think that they are a, a dark horse, if you will. And that, you know, dark horse. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. A lot of people, listeners, may say what you just said to me because of the fact that I just said that the defending Super Bowl champions are a dark horse. But I feel like they are – I mean, I think up until, like, the last two games, I mean, you was like, y'all going to wake up or what? Like, you know, there was teams that they were supposed to blow out and they didn't do it, you know. But I think that now – I think at this point, man, they clicking now. I mean, they're over half of the season. I feel like you're going to really kick them in the gear. Um, what, do y'all, what were your thoughts on Le'Veon and his showing in his, in his day – well, not his debut, but, you know, in his, in his first game back, really. Yeah, I know he played a little bit last week, not really much. But this week against his old team, it was okay showing, you know. Um, I don't expect him to be the guy there, you know, obviously with the layer there, with Clyde there. But, you know, it's – Clyde, Clyde. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, it was okay. You know, again, we probably the, – the Le'Veon Steeler days are long gone, man. We Those days – if we're being honest, those days are long gone. He's had enough time to show that, and he hasn't. He's even with – you think even in his limited carries, he was, you know, do something, you know, with the Chiefs and how many weapons they got. But it just seems as if he just doesn't have it, you know. And I think the Steelers – the underrated part about this is we've been giving praise to the Steelers is – they moved on at the right time from him. Look, that's so interesting. I had a conversation with a guy uh, this week, and we were talking about Le'Veon's decline and and about him not being who he once was, which is interesting. Um, I, I mean, y'all, you, you said it, Los, and I'm going to just defer it to you, Ramon, because you didn't get to cover the Chiefs, really. You think it's over for Le'Veon? Is it? Is it a thing where he maybe have to get his legs under him? You know, he's finally on a good team that's not going to really focus on him. But do you think that, like Lowe said, are the are the Steelers days over? Yeah, no, those days are over with for him. Uh, I think Le'Veon he'll find himself now in a lot of like committee backfields. Um, I don't think this will obviously, of course, this one year deal with the Chiefs. I don't see this as even a long term solution for him, but he'll never be workhorse, Bell, Kyle, Le'Veon, top three running back, top five, probably not even top 10 running back in the league anymore. Like those days are past him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And the thing about it, and what I thought about uh, just with Le'Veon he probably would have done better just staying in Pittsburgh. Like what, what, like it's nothing more. And what I point to is nothing more than ego. It's the same thing with Antonio Brown, you know, which finds himself in a, in a, in a good situation because of his pure talent. But what other place would be good for Le'Veon than the Pittsburgh Steelers? you got a, you got three receivers there in Deontay Johnson and uh, Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, you have so much talent that they have no weakness on offense purely. Then they got Eric Ebron underneath. 
catching touchdown passes, which you know about Ramon and, and Indiana. But, like, why would you want to leave that situation? You're in a situation where literally no defense can focus in on you because there are so many guys that they have to focus on. Why are you pushing yourself out? And then I look at Mike Tomlin, who's just a probably like a blue-collar guy. Like, he don't care what your title is. You know, like, you're going to put in this work. You're going to do work. You know, we are a team, you know. And I don't understand why guys like Le'Veon and A.B. let Ego push them out into, like, the back half of the – well, basically um, expedited – the back half of their career when they could have just stayed there and just had success just simply because of how talented offensive is. Yeah. I, I think their situations are different just from the standpoint of AB got paid. Like he got paid and he was fine. Le'Veon's whole thing was of course, you know, year after year getting that franchise tag and not getting the long-term deal that he was expecting to get. But I do think ultimately you do, you know, I, I think that he, thought that he can excel in any type of system. And it's, it's shown that really that was the system for him. That's the system that he's been the best in. And you saw them follow up and bring in like a James Conner or bring in other running backs. And you saw them excel just like you've seen other receivers come into that system. So obviously to me, it's a system thing that is there. And um, Le'Veon just hasn't been the same outside of that. And I don't think he'll ever be the same. Um, and like you said, you know, it's an ego thing on both ends. I think it's an even heavier ego thing on AB's end because um, Le'Veon, like I said, was just trying to get his money pretty much, but still hasn't really worked out for either one. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. So then we move down to the fourth on our rankings, the Green Bay Packers, who wish to discuss what great season Aaron Rodgers is having my NFL MVP prediction, which I predicted, like, what, a month ago? Yeah, you can have that one. <laughs> you can have you, it. I can have that. Who, who's your MVP there, Ramon? Oh, Russell Wilson is still my MVP. Yeah, I hope. I, I want Russ to get one. I really do. Yeah, I really Russell do. Wilson is my MVP. But Aaron Rodgers got to be comeback player of the year. Right. He's right up there. But Russ right now, I was looking at the numbers – um, through seven or through eight, seven, eight games, no, through seven games, the most touchdowns in history was Tom Brady at 27 touchdowns. Russ right now is at 26. So yeah. he's on a historical pace right now. And I think you can't be touched right now, especially with a team where we thought that was a run first team. Now they totally touched, turn that team over and letting Russ cook now. And it's just, again, you got to give it to him because that defense has been terrible, terrible. You know, like everybody been throwing on the Seahawks and, He's still been keeping them in games, and they only got one loss this so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, deep down in my heart, I really believe Russell Dessert is, is on a historical pace, like you said, Carlos. And I would love to see him get one, being that he didn't get a single MVP vote in his career. So I would love to see that happen. But being that I'm prideful and I and I have a lot of pride. I'm competitive. And then I said, Aaron, Wait, you, I were just the giving, gun. you were just giving A.B. and Le'Veon a hard time for their pride. And then here you come with your pride. You're like, How could they be so prideful? How could they? Then here you come. Same thing. Well, because I made a prediction and I'm going to stick by it, Aaron Rodgers, even though he lost to the Vikings this past weekend, I still feel like he's MVP. But deep down, 
<laughs> Russell Wilson is definitely the guy. But yeah, uh, I mentioned the Packers. Yeah, they lost, but they still stayed in our top five because I still feel like they have an impressive resume so far. We all collectively feel like that. Um, and then the five, man, we got man, my Saints creeped up in that thing, man. Look, man. Saints number five, man. They, I mean, MT hurt. Eman Sanders hurt. I mean, it don't matter, man. We still winning. I mean, what's up? You know? Should I talk about this segment? I'm, I'm going to defer yeah, to y'all. Lead yeah. out when I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, he, you saw because the Rams lost to the Dolphins in Tua's debut. Let's not talk about that, bro. All right. Not- All right. Well, let's do this. Let's say stay on topic. <laughs> so let, let's talk about Chauncey Gardner and getting sucker punched in his face. I like that topic. <laughs> I, I do. I, I feel like that. I mean, Chauncey, what is he doing to these receivers, man? Like, MT swung on Chauncey. He's, he yeah. suffered a, a game suspension because of that. Chauncey got to be on that Jalen Ramsey, Deion Sanders level of like smack talk. Right. Yeah. Well, nah, it will. I wouldn't say don't. I I I, I compare it to more so like he's that annoying, um, uh, person that's getting too disrespectful. You know, if like you a Marcus to, Peters. Yes. Uh. Yeah, I can't think of a maybe like a Josh Norman almost like where the talent he's okay player, not a bad player. But, you know, they run him out too much until somebody have to really shut him yeah. up, you know, type of thing. I really think he's probably getting to a level of disrespect to these these receivers or whatever he's yeah. doing. Plus, but, did, I mean, did you see when he ripped off the uh ripped off the uh the mouth guard? Off the uh, the Mims guy? Oh, he did see, that? Yeah, see that had happened earlier and see when you look at what the lad the last exchange with them, Mims came and ripped his off to start that, you know, the retaliation. And then that's when he did the hidden and all that. But it started probably just from back and forth trash talk. But you can see, you know, him take the mouth guard off of um, the Mims, off of Mims and, and like kind of toss it or whatever. And the mouth guard is sitting on the field for a while. So, like, he, he definitely did something to stir the pot there. Definitely. Then, He's an instigator. Know, yeah. My thoughts on it, I mean, as a Saints fan, Chauncey got to chill out because he's not the most elite cover guy. And then you you get punched in the face, and then I see you get beaten in coverage like two, two three plays after that. Um, I think he is good around the line of scrimmage. Uh, but, I mean, he's not the, the best cover guy. I wish we could have, like, a better secondary. I feel like that's our only real weakness. I feel like our front seven is solid with our linebacker. Then we just added – Jawan Alexander, well, no, Quan oh, Alexander, Quan Alexander, LSU Tiger native, um, through trade. So I mean, I think that we 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 really solid up front, but man, secondary wise, you can really get out. You can really get us. But I feel like top five is is uh is deserving of the Saints just because they continue to win with the injuries they've had. Um, I think that offensively. I want to say this, guys, and I, I don't want to get on. That's why I want to include y'all in this. So I'm going to start it. I'm going to spark the conversation, and y'all take it, and then we can move on. I think that Sean Payton deserves more credit as a head coach in the NFL. And the reason why I say that is because Drew Brees has been ailing with his arm for a few years now, and he's been able to construct an offense that 
really caters to caters to the team to the benefits of the, uh, benefits of the team. Like Drew don't even have to throw deep for us to be successful and us to move the ball, and that's a lot of credit to Alvin Kamara. But I think that his offensive play calling and the way that he he calls the game, I feel like it's underappreciated in this league. And I think that, man, I think that the season that we're having, it's no way we should only be a two-loss team right now. I, I, I have some thoughts on that. And, again, we can – like you said, I don't want to get up, make this a Saints thing. But I almost, in my mind – I mean, they're a top-five team in the league, in our opinion. So. I, okay, I got that. But in my mind, I feel like the Saints are almost the Rockets of the NFL. And what I mean by that is since 09, when you did get that championship, yes, they've done enough to win regular season games. But when it comes to the playoffs, you know, they have not been as successful. So when you have that dink and dunk offense, teams are going to figure you out and you're not going to be able to win games in the playoffs. And it's shown that they've lost, you know, these close games. And we talked about this early in the segment, but Again, I would compare them as to the Rock. Of course, he wants to leave on this segment when I'm getting <laughs> on the Saints. But I would compare them to the Rockets of the NFL because, again, they win those regular season games. They figure out a way to win those games. But when it comes to the playoffs, when teams have time to plan for them, they are not as successful. But that's all I got to yeah. say. But, yeah, hats off to him for dragging Drew Brees this far, you know. But what about and us I, having Deontay Harris? Or what about us about his uplifting of Marcus Colston? What about him I, finding an Alvin Kamara in the third round? I think that he is he has a niche of finding these talented players and being able to utilize them. And that's why I feel like, you know, as a coach, he should get more credit than what he's given. But but this is the thing for me. Honestly, when I look at things, I feel that Sean Payton does get credit. Like, I feel that people mention his name a lot, especially when you talk about some of the best coaches in the leagues and when you talk about even potential openings like that before, you know, he even said anything even potentially about Dallas. It was, let's get Sean Payton to Dallas for him to come be the guy there to come and turn it around. Like, I don't feel that it's a situation where – Pretty much any time New Orleans is mentioned, they're mentioning Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Like, they're mentioning those two names. So, I don't feel that it's a situation where it's like Sean Payton is neglected. I want him to get coach of the year. I want him to get a coach of the year award. Then we'll talk about is he appreciated. Like, it's good for him to get the praises, but what he's been able to accomplish with even a Drew Brees, an undersized quarterback, you know he's one of the greatest of all time, an undersized quarterback. This offensive system is pure, and I think that he has the knack for putting talented players in positions to win. And it's just like you hear in Romans about us being able to trade Michael Thomas, and then you got a Marquez Callaway. Like, he was decent in college, but you saw the game that he had prior to his injury. But anyway, let's move on. I mean, it's good. Like, they're top five. I hope that we continue this winning trend. I mean, I could talk about the Saints all day. Um... But we will mention Tua's debut against the Rams. Lowe's, what did you think about it? Tua's debut was trash. It was not great. It so I'll say, I would say that the, that game, the defense beat us. You know, it was a turnovers. turnovers. You know, if you look at the stats of that game, mm-hmm. the Rams dominated that game from time of possession, from yardage, from everything in the box scores except points off of turnovers. That's what won the game for Miami. In right. Game. Yeah, I, I think the yardage was – Yeah, 
the yardage spread was something like 450 plus to like 170 or something like it was it was crazy so like you said I mean it wasn't it wasn't really Tua doing much honestly it was really it came down to turnovers honestly in that game like you were saying so I mean I I wish well for Tua but his debut wasn't spectacular no, right. it, it wasn't. And you have to question, Is it was it premature in taking out uh, Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic. Was it premature? Because Fitzmagic absolutely was running the offense pretty good. He was running yeah. okay. But for some reason, Coach Flores felt like it was time to put Tua in. And Tua didn't look, look ready. And it's like Coach. Carlos mentioned the Rams underperformed, if you want it. I think it was more pointed to how bad the Rams played and their expectations. No offense, Los. And as to how well Miami played, I think that they played very bad. The Rams did. But I, I don't know why you throw a rookie out there. You're in the thick of things. Your record's not that bad. Why just – why rush Tua into this situation? Yeah, I don't understand. Your record – at the time when they made this move, they were a 3-3 three and three team, and their offense were competing and putting up points. And exactly. they were yep. coming off a win. And, you know, and Fitzmagic said it himself. This was the first time he really felt like the team was his and the team was vibing and they had a chance to compete for the division. You know, why make this move now? And I appreciate his honesty, right, mm. because he could have just said the press conference answers – and been upset in private. I appreciate his honesty and showing that he's a person that, hey, I deserve this job. You know what I'm saying? I have not been the reason that we lost or had losses, you know? And so I appreciate that aspect of it. So I didn't understand the move because, again, you know, yes, they won this week, and and it was basically off a good defensive scheme by, you know, the Coach Flores. So, you know, they were going blitz, all blitz out, bring sending more than we can take, and we just never adjusted to it. But it was nothing that Tua did. It was not the offense. He was not a threat. You know, they really struggled all game long, you know, and that was a credit to our defense. But, again, the, the biggest thing is they were able to force Goff to throw turnovers and, and fumble the ball. But, again, again, my point to this is just it wasn't a time. It wasn't a time. And, you know, they should have just rolled Fist Magic all the way out. You know, Tua's coming off a major injury. Roll them out and just see how this ends. Yeah. I think y'all covered, like you said, this is really Miami's first time in a while that they legitimately have a chance to contend in that division. And to me, there there was just no reason to make that move at that point. Like, it was just no reason whatsoever. That division is wide open at this point because of what's happening with New England. So, I don't understand it. But So, we got Philly and the NBA. Let's transition to the NBA real quickly, guys. We got the NBA in Philly. They hired Doc Rivers, of course, we heard. Now they, they got Moray, which is the Houston's former GM in place. And now you're hearing rumblings about James Harden in Philly, guys. So when I hear that, I don't know. Let me know what your mind thinks. But when they say that James may be headed to Philly, I'm thinking automatically that Ben Simmons' time may be winding down if these rumors are true in Philadelphia, and they, they plan on building around Embiid. So, let, you know, let's talk about it, man. What is What does Moray implications have, and do are you buying the rumors of Harden ending up in Philadelphia? 
Well, honestly, like for me, I guess I'll address the Harden thing first. Um, I think that that's going to be something that's kind of difficult to figure out. Because honestly, even if you involve Harden and Ben Simmons as the big pieces in that deal, I just don't see how that makes total sense. And it definitely doesn't make sense for the Rockets. Like, I don't see how Ben Simmons' style of play is going to fit with Russell Westbrook, who you have on, on your team, on your roster, who has that large contract. Like, I don't see how those pieces ever fit. So I really don't see benefits from Houston whatsoever in making that deal. But I also, too, don't think that that gets even Philly over the top. So that whole James Harden piece, that's going to get thrown out there. You got Daryl Morey over here. I know that Daryl Morey would be interested since that has been his franchise piece for all those years. Just don't really see how it works out. As far as Daryl Morey being over basketball operations over there, y'all know what I said about Daryl Morey a few uh, weeks ago. Um, I just, I don't put as much stock into him. He did do some good things over there in Houston and building them, making a trade for James Harden, you know, getting a CP3 deal that could have potentially gotten them to the finals at a certain point. But I just think that he's, too exclusively analytics focused and I think that he's going to have to change his mindset a little bit as he goes into that he's going to have to really collaborate with Elton Brand potentially collaborate with Doc Rivers and truly build out a real structure that works and it's just not 100% based on analytics but that's that's pretty much it for me yeah I, I agree I, I think Daryl Murray it, it will be interesting I do feel like they will have a GM that maybe potentially will get them uh, over the hump than what they've been because they've just been consistently okay. Um, I think that he'll be able to put a put together a roster that will be competing in that East. With well, and he, I mean, he is technically keeping Elton Brand, so Elton Brand still is the GM there. Mm-hmm. He's just the president of basketball. Yeah, yeah. So he'll have a lot of say so majority and yeah. you know and guidance there. I think his presence will be felt. Um, I think that, you know, I think that he will do a good job there. I, I, I do. I think he will get Philly at least in the in the ranks of uh, of the Raptors and truly up Boston and, and, and the Heat. I think they, you know, Philly has always been fun to watch and fun to be in those conversations, but you never really truly believed that they could come out the East. But I think now he will put them in a place where they may, you know, they, they could potentially do it. But I think that Heat team <laughs> – that Heat team is is really something else, but um, yeah, man, I think I think that is interesting. I, I don't think that James Harden end up in Philly. I'd be such a surprise. I want to see what type of deal that they could come up with. Meanwhile, we're wondering when the NBA will start, guys. And recently, Adam Silver said to the MPBA that time is running out. They want to start. They are going to start date at least by Christmas time, which guys, that's like less than a month. Um, that, and then it's been almost less than a month that the NBA season as a whole has ended. Um, I don't know if December is the right date, but what do you guys feel, and, and when do you think the season should start? Yeah, it's unfair, man. And you think about the teams that have went made long playoff runs. You think about the Lakers that have went all the way to the finals or the Heat that went all the way to the finals, and then you trying to – now with a full offseason um, – <laughs> But then I with a full offseason, they um trying to, you know, squeeze all this between the draft, free agency, all this stuff in there and training camp. You know, when these new players that are gonna be moving teams get a training camp, they're not gonna have time to really mesh with the team 
Um, so it's just it's, it's 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 unfair, and I think they should move it to more so like a Martin Luther King Day um, instead of around Christmas time, starting the season. And so, you know, LeBron James, you know, the biggest arguably the biggest star in the NBA, has already said that he's threatening that he's going to sit out a month, and I don't blame him, and I won't be mad as a fan because again, I want him there for the long haul. I yeah, want you're him. a new LeBron. LeBron stand. Yeah, call it what you want, man. I don't blame him. He's a champion, man. He's a championship. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I just agree with everything Lowe said. Honestly, I think to try to rush it is the wrong thing, and it's just not fair to the teams that had the deep playoff runs. So I'm in, in total agreement that really January should be the move. Like, do it in January around Martin Luther King time. Um, and I think that that would be the right time, you know, that would give them enough opportunity to have a, a decent amount of rest, to not be rushing every single thing. Like y'all have alluded to, man, like we still haven't gotten a definitive date, or at least I'm not sure that, of a definitive date, that even free agency is beginning. Like we mm. know when the draft is. I don't even know when the, when is the draft. Uh, Like November 19th, 18th or 19th, somewhere mm, around yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't even know when the draft was. I'm like, right. it, it's so, they're talking about Alonzo Ball is visiting with the Minnesota, no. <laughs> whatever. I was like, what? Why? Yeah. It's early. Like, I'm all messed up in time. I'm sure yeah. all sports fans are. But, yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, ultimately, I think that December is too soon, man. That's just – I mean, I think even late January, like early February, I feel like that this that the virus has affected two, at least two years. It's going to be two or three years before we get back on track. So don't rush these guys and put them in harm's way, in their way, guys. But I think we did it again, man. We didn't, you know, we wrapped it up. We covered all the topics. Appreciate you for listening, guys. Uh, another edition of the Opinion Bench Warmers podcast. Again, we have pre-orders for our Opinion Bench Warmers merch. If you're interested in that, simply go to our O underscore Bench Warmers page on Instagram. Make sure that you hit that link, and you will find the pre-orders for our merchandise guys and we've been having an overwhelming support of these pre-orders but man we almost reaching our cap so look if you want to get a get a shirt make sure that you get in there and and make your pre-order we'll try to have those things out by at least thanksgiving i'm talking about send them out by thanksgiving so you can have them way in time for december so uh make sure that y'all are locked in make sure that you subscribe listen share and leave a review on each other those pl- platforms. Fellas, we about to get on out of here. Uh, good luck to the election day. <laughs> we sitting here watching the results right now. Yeah. So um, if you didn't vote again, you suck. So we'll be out of here, man. Later. Later.